is the Business of Reselling podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Oman. Hey folks, it's time for episode 38 of the Business of Reselling podcast, and today we're going to talk about returns, returns, why they happen, how to deal with them, especially as a Canadian reseller, because I think things are a little bit different for us, whether or not you should accept returns, and so much more. And I'm hitting you with all kinds of research today, so this should be a fun episode. Um, Before we get into that, I do want to mention one thing. I did an interview uh, last week with an awesome YouTuber, Jamie, um, with Thrift on Fire. Uh, We had a super fun chat on his YouTube. He's another Canadian seller, so if you're looking for great YouTube content from Canadian resellers, I think Jamie's definitely your guy. So I will link to that interview down in the show notes. We talk about all kinds of things from like grading comic books uh, to, you know, uh, I don't know, I guess a little bit about returns, uh, feedback, my opinion on feedback, and all kinds of other things. So I had a really fun time and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Jamie again. So check out that episode in the show notes. Um, Don't forget, I am offering now a store review service. So if you have an eBay uh, store that you're looking to improve, whether your sales are slow or not, or you're just looking to um, improve your store, increase your sales, um, improve your branding, whatever your objectives are for your eBay business, um, I'm happy to look at your store, make some recommendations, do a little bit of analysis of your numbers, and get you set on a path to increase success. So I'm just working on the sales page for that. Otherwise, I would link you to it, and I will um, start including the links once that's ready. But if any of you are interested in an eBay store review, they are $150, US and you can request them by email at hello at storagewarrior.ca, and they take about three business days. I'm looking forward to launching the sales page for that, but I just have not had time to do it yet because January has been so incredibly busy. Um, Speaking of busy, I'm interviewing for photographers and shop helpers right now. I've been talking to a Uh, a few people. um, And we're sort of trying to shake down exactly um, who we want to hire, how many people, um, and what hours and that kind of thing. So I'm still accepting applications from people who are interested. Again, that email is hello at storagewarrior.ca. If you or someone you know is in the Vancouver area, reasonably competent with photography and is interested in potentially working with our business, please, please reach out. So returns. So I was actually doing a store review for uh, another reseller when they asked me about returns and suggested that it might be a good podcast episode. And I thought I would jump on that because um, it's January and some people call it returnuary. Um, January tends to be a time where we get more returns than usual. This is not just true for eBay. This is true for online commerce in general. So you know, people get gifts that they don't want. Um, buyers purchase things and have buyers remorse or realize that they didn't really want the thing that they got. Or they just think they spent too much. They have a visa bill to pay off. You know, there's all kinds of reasons. Now, um, knock on wood, but it's January 20th when I'm recording this and we've only had one return this month, um, which I have to say, honestly, was not a buyer's remorse return or anything like that. It was actually a mistake that I made and refunded the buyer and it was all good. Uh, it was just a really old listing. So yay, only one so far in January, but um, they are more common in January. 
according to many different sources, including one that I have linked for you in the show notes, ESW, which is a global commerce solutions provider owned by Ascendia, which is a uh, global shipping carrier and logistics service that some of us in Canada use. Um, so according to them, uh, returns are more common in January. You know, a lot of times buyers will jump on like pre-holiday sale prices, the Black Friday um, deals and stuff like that in late November um, because they they see, oh man, this is a great price on something I'm interested in. But they realize a few weeks later that they don't want those items and that maybe they jumped on that price um, a little bit too quickly. So that's another reason why you tend to get more returns just after the holidays. Now, also according to ESW, return rates for online shopping are around 16% after the holidays. 16%! And apparel is one of the toughest categories with return rates up to 30%. Think of gifts that don't fit or someone receives something and it's just not their style um, and they want to send it back. So it makes sense that apparel in particular would be a high return category right after the holidays. 30%. Wow. I mean, that's, that's pretty significant. Now, electronics return rates are also often very high. Um, I've seen stats around 15%, 17% or 20%. Um, and ESW talks about some of the reasons for that in their article. Now, specifically to eBay, I looked around a little bit and I wasn't able to find anything um, to show like actual statistics on the highest return categories on eBay. But we do know that electronics and fashion are very high sales volume categories on eBay and that most likely maps to higher returns. There's no particular reason why categories on eBay would have different rates of returns than e-commerce in general. So I think we can assume that electronics and apparel or fashion and accessories like shoes and that kind of thing are going to have higher return rates on eBay since they do on other uh, online platforms as well. Now, I just want to say as a side note that considering how high e-commerce returns are, according to these statistics, and I actually looked at a few other articles to verify that it was pretty close to that um, from multiple sources, it seems kind of unfair that eBay requires us to have a defect rate of under 0.5% in order to keep our top rated seller status. Now, I know that if you handle a return in the proper way, according to eBay policy, it won't affect your um your top rated seller status and you won't get a defect on your account as, as we call it. Um, however, you know, we know that every once in a while you're just going to have a buyer who's angry for no reason. Scams do happen. Um, you know, just buyers that are just a, a real pain when they don't really need to be. And you may end up with a defect. These things do happen. Um, and there's, they're part of that 16 to 30% return rate. Like that includes these pain in the butt um, buyers. So, um, having to keep 0.5% to keep your top rated seller status is like a pretty high bar, but you know, the best sellers on eBay are able to do it. I think ours is 0.3 or something like that. Um, so it's pretty good. And we haven't fallen um, below that in a very, very long time. So returns, they are just a reality of online business. And as a reseller, you will experience returns. There's nothing you can do to completely avoid them. But I'm willing to bet that every reseller listening to this podcast is enjoying a much lower return rate than the results of the studies that I've shared. I would highly doubt that any of us are experiencing return rates of 16 to 30%. I think ours is around 1.1%. Um, so 
you know, if you're following eBay seller best practices, you are already doing great. But there's always things that you can do better. And one of the things I want to discuss in this episode is looking at the returns process from the buyer perspective. So putting yourself in the buyer's shoes and thinking, what do they want from me in order to be confident in their purchase? And a flexible return policy is just one of those things. So I'm just going to talk briefly about how returns uh, work on eBay specifically with a little bit of a side note on how this affects Canadian sellers, um, as well as a couple of recommendations for you. So many sellers say, well, look, I don't accept returns. I have a no returns policy. That's fine. It can put some buyers off. Um, but if a buyer purchases from you and opens an item not as described case, eBay will still require you to take that return, even if you have a no returns policy. That's just their policy and you are using eBay's platform and you have to comply with their policies. So even if you say you don't accept returns, returns for item not as described can and will happen and eBay will force you to handle that regardless of what your store policy is. So that's sort of the number one argument for having some kind of return policy in your eBay store. Just to align it with eBay's uh, buyer protection policy, just so that you're in alignment with that. Because, you know, buyers buyers are not all savvy. They may see your no returns policy and go, oh, I'm not even going to purchase from this person because they won't take a return if there's something wrong with the item. And they might not know that eBay will actually force that return process if there's something wrong with the item. So you might as well have a policy that's aligned with eBay's policy on it. Um, so I just want to say that. Um, now, for Canadians, and this is a question that has come up in a lot of the Canadian reseller forums and Facebook groups that I'm in, um, a lot of Canadian sellers don't know exactly how to handle uh, returns when most of the products that we sell are going to the United States. Now, your mileage may vary, but at least 75% of the products that we sell go to the United States. Um, so it's important to have a return policy in place that American buyers can work with and understand. Um, the thing is, shipping things from the US to Canada is very expensive. Um, and people are always shocked when they look up the retail rates and go like, what, it's $35 to send back like a CD or something. I mean, it can be pretty crazy. But there's a really easy way, no matter where you're located in Canada, that you can deal with this and be able to cover the cost of returns when it makes sense for you. And that is using pirate ship. So pirate ship is a US-based company where you can buy shipping labels and lots of uh, US-based sellers use it to buy their labels as resellers. Um, we can actually use that as Canadians and not everybody knows that. Now you do have to have a US address in order to be able to sign up for it. Um, I just used a friend's address. You may use your cross-border shipping address. I think there's actually a service where you can like pay a one-time fee or something to get a US address just simply to use for this purpose alone. Um, pirate ship isn't really going to care what address you put in as long as it's us based. And once you've got that account, then you go to their customer service service chat, which is great. They're responsive, fast, and friendly. 
and ask them to enable the simple export rate. I'll say that again, the simple export rate. And what that's going to do, then when you go into Pirate Ship and you create a return label from some address in the U.S. to your address in Canada, it's going to give you a simple export rate as an option. And these can be very cheap. So just as an example, if uh, you know, a couple of times I've had to pay for, say, a comic book to come back from the U.S. Um, that's, you know, a package around 200 grams, maybe around 8 by 11 inches or so and, a, and half an inch thick. Pretty small package. I can get that back to Canada from anywhere in the United States for under 10 U.S. dollars. So it really makes it possible for you to be more flexible when you're offering returns to these U.S. buyers if you have that enabled. It costs you nothing, so there's no reason not to do it. Now, there's kind of an advantage, I think, as well, to um, handling returns as a Canadian seller. Even though it's more expensive to get the items back, um, buyers don't like to return things back to Canada. And I've noticed this over and over and over again for returns for things like change my mind or doesn't fit or didn't like it. These are the types of returns where the buyer is required to pay the return postage. So you don't have to send them a label. You can just accept the return and wait. And when they go to their USPS and find out how much it's going to cost them to send that thing back to Canada, they don't want to do it because they don't want to pay. And even for Americans, that $10 or whatever pirate ship simple export rate for a small item sounds really high to an American because there's still options to ship things for like, you know, four bucks in the US. So $10 sounds like a lot uh, for a small item. And so they just don't want to pay for that. And so they don't send it back. I think out of the seven returns that I had in fourth quarter, I think at least four of them were for things like didn't fit or whatever. Uh, and exactly zero of them were actually returned to me. <laughs> so they were required to pay for the postage. They didn't. And the case just closed in my favor. Um, so that's, that's good, right? That makes it a little bit easier. And, and honestly, like, even when the item is not as described, and you do send them a label, I find it about 50% of the time, they still don't send it back. Simply just because return shipping is kind of a hassle right? It's a hassle to repackage the thing and, you know, put it back in the box and, you know, do it in the way that it gets back there safely. We all know that shipping items safely isn't like the easiest thing if you're not familiar and you don't do it all the time. So buyers just don't want to do it. So make them do it. Even if it's item not as described, make them do it. No return, no refund. And don't feel bad about it. You shouldn't feel bad about this because big corporations are doing, starting to do the exact same thing. So companies like H&M, Zara, and Shane have started to charge a small fee for returns. This is according to a BBC article, which I've also linked in the show notes, a pretty interesting article uh, from 2022 on how these big companies are trying to deal with their return rates of 15 to 30% and try to sort of bring those uh, costs down. Um, they're doing it, and you can do it. Now, I do not recommend partial refunds almost ever. Um, buyers, there are buyers out there who will fish for them and say, oh, well, there's this little thing wrong. I still want to keep it. Can I have half my money back or whatever? And they play this little game with you. It rarely makes sense to do that. I would rather force them to send the entire item back because I think they, they won't three quarters of the time. 
Um, now, there's specific cases where a partial refund does make sense. And I'll give you an example that just happened to me. Felt so bad about this. Um, it was last week or the week before we sold this lot of vintage NHL pennants, you know, like the long triangular flags. There were, I don't know, six or something in the lot. And I think the lot wasn't put away correctly in the box, like they weren't wrapped together. So as a result, one of them got missed and one of them didn't make it into the package. So the buyer was like, yeah, one of the pennants is missing. But he also said, I didn't really want that pennant anyway. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, in that case, it makes perfect sense to do a partial refund because the buyer is happy to not receive the thing that was missing, give them a little bit of money back, and I still have that extra pennant that I can sell. So in that case, it made sense. But in the vast majority of cases, I recommend that you accept the return and force the buyer to put that thing in the mail. Not only will they frequently uh, not do it, but it also, for the very few percentage of buyers out there that are trying to scam you, this kind of calls their bluff. And so it's much harder for them to do it. So other ways that you might consider handling returns, um, just some things to think about. There's no perfect or exact way to do this. Uh, One is just simply not to sell in those high return categories. Um, You hear complaints from fashion and clothing sellers all the time about buyers complaining about fit or a zipper that, you know, was a bit sticky or, you know, a tiny little mark on a cuff of jeans or whatever it is. You know, buyers can come up with any number of reasons to return apparel. Apparel is plentiful. Apparel is cheap. And they would rather just If they don't like it, they would rather just get something else. Um, So you have an option to just not sell in those categories at all. You could say, look, I don't want to deal with high return categories, so I'm going to avoid things like apparel and I'm going to avoid selling electronics. Um, For a long time, we didn't like selling electronics because when we were pretty new sellers on eBay, we actually came into a huge load of vintage electronics and we had fairly low feedback at the time on eBay. And when you have low feedback on eBay, you tend to be the target of more scams. It's just kind of how the numbers work. But I remember we had all kinds of problems selling these electronics and we were selling them as untested, used untested, and then the buyers would want to return them because they didn't work or they would say that they didn't work. And then I couldn't prove that they didn't work because I didn't know, like I'm not good at testing like, amplifiers and receivers and things like that for their full functionality just other than the basics I don't know a lot um and so we were like oh it's not practical to pay to have these things sent back they're huge and heavy and it costs so much and so we were doing all these refunds and and we finally said for a while ah we're not going to sell electronics um but over time we changed our minds um a lot of times even if we think something is working we'll still sell it as a parts unit And those are the only listings that I actually do say no returns. And I'll write in the description, no returns. We don't accept returns on items that are sold for parts. And then a buyer can't really open an item not as described case because you sold something claiming it doesn't even work, even if you think it did work. And so it's really hard to have an unhappy buyer in those cases. So with that perspective, we started selling electronics again. And as we've built a reputation for being good, honest sellers, you know, and also learned a little bit more about testing certain kinds of equipment, um, we've started selling things as used again and some in working condition. And we are not really having 
significant problems with it. It's working out well. So you can not sell in the category, you know, like us, gain some skill in that category so you can be more confident in what you're selling. But those are just things to think about. Now, as I mentioned before, you should have some kind of return policy that aligns at least at the very minimum with eBay's buyer protection policy. Whatever you choose as your return policy, just make sure it's clear and it's reasonable. There's nothing wrong with placing restrictions on how you offer returns, and you do not have to offer free returns no matter what eBay tells you. It's the clarity that matters. The buyer just wants to understand what your policy is. Now, having that policy, it makes them feel better. Like, and it it doesn't make them more likely to return something. It just makes them more confident in purchasing from you. And you can probably think about this from your own perspective. Maybe you've gone online to buy something. There's a very high chance that you have checked a seller's return policy before you've made a purchase to see if, oh, if something's wrong with this. Is it going to be hard to send it back? You've probably looked at those things. So expect the buyers to be looking for those things from you. So this will increase their confidence. Um, it doesn't mean that they're going to return the thing. Uh, according to a study from ShipStation from a couple of years ago, which I've also linked in the show notes, um, return having a good return policy was actually the top factor for buyers deciding whether or not to trust an online retailer. The top factor, the most important thing, not the price, because everyone thinks it's the price, but it's not the price. It inspires confidence in the seller. The return policy matters. So have one and think about what makes sense for you as a reseller and how much flexibility you're comfortable offering. Now, the obvious things you, of course, need to make sure you're doing are having great photos and clear descriptions. This is also going to increase buyers' confidence in what they are receiving. Now, on the one hand, yes, doing this protects you to an extent from item not as described cases. But don't think about your own protection. Think about how the buyer feels. Flip it around. You want to trust the seller. And that's why those pictures and those descriptions are really important. How many times have you looked up something online and you haven't bought it because you weren't totally confident in the description or there wasn't absolute clarity? I mean, I do that when I'm looking for stuff on Amazon. You know, I, I'm buying a product and I'm like, oh, well, like, does this knee brace have the little rigid things on the side? And if I can't figure that out from the description, I'm not going to take a chance on it. Even though I could technically return it, I want a clear description. So work on that. There's always ways to improve your descriptions and add clarity. And I've done podcast episodes on how to review and revise your own listings. So go and check those out um, as well if you want some tips for how to approach that process for the listings that you already have. But those things are really important. It makes a buyer more likely to make a purchase and less likely to return it. Now, the less obvious thing, and here's my unpopular opinion, um, is to sell higher priced items to get fewer returns. So of those uh, returns that I mentioned before, I had seven returns in fourth quarter 2023. Five of those were for items under $40. And I bet if I were to look back quarter after quarter after quarter, it would be the majority of my returns would be for items under $40. Um, I tend to experience greater hassle from buyers who buy cheap things. 
more questions. Um, they're higher maintenance. Um, they want faster shipping. There seems to be this correlation between a low price item and a high maintenance buyer. Um, and I've heard other sellers talk about this too. The more, the higher our average selling price gets, the less problems we have from buyers. I can't prove like statistically that these things are directly correlated, but it's been my experience. I've talked to many other sellers who it's been their experience. So it's just another reason to work on increasing that average selling price. So offer returns of some kind. If you have a return policy in place, review it. Think of yourself from a buyer perspective. Does that return policy make sense? Is it clear? Or is it potentially putting off any buyers? And don't ever worry that having a flexible return policy will encourage higher returns. What it does is it encourages higher spending. And that's proven over and over and over again. And you can read more about that in the ShipStation article that I just referenced, which you'll find in the show notes. So your call to action for today is, are you rethinking your approach to returns based on what you've heard here? I would love to know your opinion. Are you happy with your return policy? Do you think you should change something? Do you have questions about it? Add a comment on the YouTube channel and we can continue the the discussion there. So if you're listening to this on a podcatcher, that's great, but head over to youtube.com slash at storage warrior podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe there and continue the conversation um, in the comments. That's it for today. Don't forget, we're always buying. Hook us up with a great pick in the Pacific Northwest or British Columbia, and you will receive a gift. We'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast.